Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm Carl Richter. September is National Suicide Prevention Month. And for this week's episode, I spoke with some of the people leading the regional and local efforts of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. First, you'll hear my phone interview with Jacqueline Sharp, Arkansas Area Director for AFSP, and Sarah Allen, the group's North Texas and Oklahoma Area Director. Then, after a break, you'll hear my conversation with Betty Jackson Carpenter, lead organizer of Texarkana's AFSP events, including two coming up this month and the annual Out of the Darkness Walk in November. Betty shared the story of her daughter's suicide and how she chose to begin helping others in its aftermath. You'll hear how to get involved, as well as what to do if you or someone else is having thoughts of suicide and how to support those coping with the suicide of a loved one. A list of where to get help and where to learn more is included in this episode's description notes. I'm joined on the phone by Jacqueline Sharp, who's the Arkansas Area Director for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi. And Sarah Allen, who's the North Texas and Oklahoma Director for AFSP. Hi, Sarah. Hey, thanks for having us, Coral. You're very welcome. Um, First, I just want to get people a sense of the extent of the problem of suicide, how many people it affects. It tends to be sort of a hidden problem, doesn't it? Well, so suicide is actually the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. Um, In 2019, that's the year that we have the most recent data for, more than 47,500 people died by suicide. And in addition to that, it's estimated that there are about 1.4 million attempts in the U.S. in 2019. And we know that one suicide death affects so many people. You know, family, friends, colleagues, classmates, faith communities. So when you think about 47,000 people dying by suicide, that's millions of people every year that have been affected. So suicide is truly a national health crisis. So whereas it may be still a little stigmatized in some communities and not talked about as openly and as freely as it should be, it's definitely, it's not something that's hidden. It's not this small little thing. It's definitely um, a national crisis. But something that people are kind of reluctant to talk about, isn't that right? Yeah. I mean, I think that there are more negatives the COVID-19 pandemic than we could even list. But I will say working in suicide prevention um, through the COVID pandemic, I have seen more people, more faith communities, more companies, more businesses be open and starting that conversation about mental health and suicide prevention than ever before. We've seen more people connecting, more people being open to talk about their own struggles or their history with suicide and mental health. 
Um, and it really is kind of this like shining light for me to see more and more people just be open and talking about it, talking about mental health, like physical health. And I mean, that's, that's, that's the goal, right? We want to, we want to treat mental health just like we do physical health in our society. And I, I think that we are trending to make that more common than it has been in the past. So tell me about what AFSP does. What sort of efforts are you guys making to do what your name says, prevent suicides? Yeah, so I'd love to tell you a little bit about what we do kind of nationally um, and then let Jacqueline pick up on more of like our local efforts. Great. Um, The mission at AFSP is to save lives and to bring hope to those affected by suicide. And we work to create a culture that's smart about mental health. And we do this by engaging in four core strategies, funding, um, innovative scientific research. AFSP is actually the largest private funder of of scientific research for suicide prevention. Also in educating the public about mental health and suicide prevention, advocating for public policies on the local, state, and national level for mental health and suicide prevention, and then also supporting survivors of suicide loss and those that have been affected by suicide. So that's kind of generally what we do here um, at AFSP, Um, but I know Jacqueline would love to tell you some of the things that we're doing locally in Texarkana. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So um, some of the things that we do in Texarkana and just around the state um, is that we provide prevention education within our um, communities. And so this can look like um, we have various programs. One of them is called Talk Saves Lives. Um, And this is a program where we can come in and, and speak to people about the importance of what looking like talking to someone who might be struggling with suicide would look like and how they can do that and then how they can provide support. And so we have various programs throughout the state that help um, provide that education, whether it's in a business or a school or even on university campuses. And then we also do one of our big things that we're focusing on in the next couple of months is our Out of the Darkness Walk, which I know you spoke with Betty, who is our walk chair for Texarkana. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, About Out of the Darkness Walk that will be coming up. And she has a community within Texarkana that comes together to create this event. And this is a great event that um, provides support for individuals. It's kind of going off of what Sarah said. Um, it's a great opportunity for people to create a platform to be smarter about mental health. And so our goal with this event is to provide awareness and also um, to provide fundraising efforts to continue to provide that prevention education that I talked about earlier. So that walk will be on the 14th of November at the Bobby Ferguson Park. Great. I'll definitely try to help you get the word out about that. Uh, I want to ask some more sort of general questions about suicide and suicide prevention, just in that effort, like you've been talking about, just to sort of bring it out into to the light. I hear a lot of, or I have heard some cynical takes on suicide you know people say if someone's determined to kill themselves there's nothing anybody can do about it what's your take on that how preventable is suicide and what do you find works best so you know carl i think that's a very interesting question that you're asking 
because based on a recent Harris poll, 93 adults in the United States believe that suicide can be prevented. Um, oh, interesting. That's, that's absolutely true. Suicide can be prevented. Um, so to your question about the extent of which suicide is preventable, we all have a role to play in suicide prevention. This is not something that like, we can just take a back seat and assume that someone's going to do this for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got, like I said before, we've got to talk about mental health the same way we do about physical health. So, I mean, let's say you're playing like a pickup basketball game and your friend breaks their leg. Right. Are you going to walk over to him and be like, dude, suck it up. You know, <laughs> we got it. We got a whole other quarter to play. No, you're going to take him to get medical help as quickly as possible because he is going to be in agonizing pain. That's how we got to treat mental health. That's how we have to do it. We've got to destigmatize having these honest conversations with people we care about, about how we're feeling. And we've got to get the people we care about to the help that they need without judgment. Now, your question of what do you find works best, what, what works best, what we've got to remember is that for mental health, there's no one size fits all. There's so many different combinations of like medications, psychotherapy, self-care, resiliency training, coping mechanisms. And what we really have to remember is just the individual that is struggling needs to find professional mental health care um, that can help them find the best care suited for them. But yeah, that I, I just found that to be a really interesting question. And I think to anyone who has these more, as you said, cynical takes on suicide, we've got to remember, again, mental health. It's just another part of our physical health. We've got to treat taking care of our brains just as important as taking care of our hearts and taking care of all of the rest of our bodies. So what's the first step? What should someone do if they're thinking about suicide? If someone's thinking about suicide, a mental health professional can help. That's a really big step. What someone could also do is reach out to someone that they trust and ask for support. But the, the two main places, um, anyone that's listening, I'm going to give you two numbers. I want you to write them down, put them in your contacts. Even if you don't need them, someone you know may need them at some point. If someone's in a current state of distress, we want you to utilize direct services such as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. It's 24-7-365 trained counselors there to offer support. You can also utilize the crisis text line. Again, 24-7-365 trained crisis counselors to help um, navigate through whatever is a crisis to you. And to contact them, you're going to text the word TALK to 741-741. Okay, I'll be sure and um, put those put that information in the notes for this episode. So people will uh, have that reference handy. What about if you think someone else is at risk, a loved one may be considering suicide. What should uh, those people do? Yeah. So here's our number one tip for people who are just like, want to be more aware about suicide prevention. If, if you're concerned about a loved one, 
you have to assume that you are going to be the only person who will reach out. I know you've probably been in this situation before I have. You know, so often there's a group of people that will talk amongst themselves about concerns for someone. You know, they're acting really weird or they've been so sad lately or what's going on with them. They don't, you know, I don't hear from them as much. And, and, and we talk to each other in these groups and then we, we don't reach out to that person directly to, to talk to them about what we're seeing. And we've got to take that step. We've got to have that real combo. Hashtag real combo. It's an AFSB hashtag. Um, so when you're worried about someone, we want to talk to them in private. We want to be a judgment-free listening ear. That's the biggest thing. Just listen. We are not listening to respond. We are listening to hear. We want to show understanding. And, and we have to take those concerns seriously. You know, sometimes people will say they're thinking about killing themselves. And maybe they say it like a joke, but we have to take that stuff seriously. Mm. And one other thing that I want to mention is you can ask someone directly about suicide. You can say, are you thinking about killing yourself? Um, we want to ask this direct and pointed question so we can get an honest answer. Um, common misconception is that if we ask someone, are you thinking about suicide? And they weren't that somehow that's going to put suicide, you know, the, the idea of suicide in their head. And that's just not true. We have research showing that that is not true. Um, what's going to happen if you ask someone that you're concerned about if they're having thoughts of suicide or if they're thinking about killing themselves is one, they're either going to open up and be honest and say, you know, yeah, I am. And I need help. Or, if they're not having thoughts of suicide, but maybe they're still in some kind of mental health distress, you have now let that person know that you're a safe person and that you care about them and you care about their well-being. And you're going to make that person just feel even more loved and supported, which is really what we all need, whether we're having a mental health crisis or not, right? We all want to feel loved and supported. Right. So again, you've, you've got to, you've got to reach out to that person take them seriously, encourage them to call the lifeline, or you can even call the lifeline with them. Like sit mm -hmm. right there next to them. use your phone, dial that number, have, you know, be right there while they talk to that crisis counselor. And that's the thing. Just be there, you know, remind them that you care for them and that their suffering is only temporary. That's great advice. Um, what about the rest of us, the people who aren't directly involved, who may know someone who's coping with the suicide of a loved one, what can we do to support them and what should we not do? Yeah. So watching someone struggle with the pain of losing someone to suicide can really make you feel just utterly helpless. Um, there are some practical ways that we can support survivors of suicide loss. You know, we don't want to wait and ask. We don't want to wait for them to ask for help. Um, they could be way too deep in their grief to realize what they need. Mm. So instead of saying, you know, it's the classic, let me know how I can help. Let me know what you need. Like just do, like go shop for their groceries, bring them dinner. You know, if like, if they have a favorite drink, make sure you have their refrigerator, like stocked with their favorite drink, just do things for them. Right. Like do those little mundane things. Take that off their plate for them. You could help them search for a therapist or even drive them to their therapy appointment. 
And, you know, this is one that it took me a long time to kind of realize this one myself, but don't be afraid to speak the name of the person who died. Mm. Um, in my experience, most suicide loss survivors are so grateful for the opportunity to reminisce and just acknowledge, you know, the person that they lost. And then there, there's simple things that you can do, like just be with them, watch TV, go on walks, listen to music, you know, just, you don't have to talk. You don't have to feel the silence. You can just sit there. And we've got to be patient and we've got to remind them of their self-care needs, like getting rest and eating nutritious foods and caring for hygiene. But what's interesting is like when you framed the question of maybe I wasn't affected by suicide, but I know someone who was like, that means that you were affected by suicide, right? Right. You yeah, you're right. I've known the person that died, but someone that you care about has been affected by suicide. So by proximity, you have to. And because of that, it's so incredible to be there for support for survivors of suicide loss. But just like we're mentioning, you know, self-care for these, for these um, people as they're going through grief, it's so important for that support system to remember their self-care needs too. So again, it's so easy to kind of take a step back and think, Oh, I've never been affected by suicide. But if you really think and you think about all the people, you know, and the people that you care about and get to know them and their stories, you may not be as disconnected as you thought. And one great way to do that is the walks that Jacqueline was talking about. Like you go to the walks and, and you can see all of these people. And sometimes like I've been to walks and then like, oh, my gosh, I went to school with you or we go to the same church. Like I just found out last year that my pastor lost his brother to suicide and had no idea. And then oh another pastor at church, like he made an attempt when he was a teenager and I'm an attempt survivor too. So like we had this whole connection and then we brought training to the church and to the parishioners and like, it just started this bigger conversation. So, and that's why it's like, called out of the shadows, right? It's out of the darkness, out of yeah, the darkness. Absolutely. Excuse me. Absolutely, because you can just find this greater level of connection at these walks. And I know that Jacqueline's team is is doing everything that they can to make this as meaningful and as healing of an experience as possible. So even if you think that you are disconnected from suicide and there's no reason why you should attend a walk for suicide prevention, I would really just encourage you to just stop and just check it out because it's it's really so much more than that. And I would like to add on to what Sarah's saying. You know, if you are someone within the community that has been affected by suicide, but you don't know what to do, I would highly encourage you to visit ASSP.org slash Arkansas. And that'll help give you some information on ways that you can educate yourself and get involved. I think that suicide education and prevention is vital for anyone at any work role or in any community because it affects everyone like Sarah is saying and so that would be my encouragement is get involved and take action and 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 educate yourself on suicide and suicide prevention well that was going to be my next question aside from that <laughs> website or can you recommend any other resources where people could learn more or get involved Absolutely. I would just say, I would, I would definitely say for sure our AFSC Arkansas website would be a good one to uh, just look at. We've got all of our information on that. And if you have any questions or you're looking to volunteer, 
You can also reach out to me, um, which all that information is on the website as well. Sarah, is there anything you'd add to that as far as information for people to look at? Yeah, if you are just looking at whether you are a survivor of suicide loss, maybe you struggle yourself, um, if you're an educator, if you are a physician, if you're a mental health professional, if you're a correctional officer, if you're anyone who knows people and loves people, visit AFSP.org and there's going to be some kind of resource on there that will be beneficial to you. Like Jacqueline mentioned, we have all kinds of resources and trainings for very specific groups of people like the LGBTQ plus community, police officers, first responders, educators, mental health professionals. Just there's so much there. Take some time, look it over, and and I know that you will find something that will be useful in your everyday life at AFSP.org. Okay, great. And I'll again, I'll be sure and put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you both so much for taking a minute to uh, help us understand such an important and serious issue that can be kind of difficult for people to talk about. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Coral, so much for allowing us the space to have this conversation. Absolutely. Take care now. Subscribe today to the Texarkana Gazette and you'll get an Apple iPad to use at no charge, plus a Sunday paper delivered to your home. Every day you'll get an electronic version of the Gazette downloaded directly to your iPad. It's the ultimate home delivery. No more waiting, wet papers, or going out into the cold. And everything you want, the latest news, puzzles, and coupons, is right there. You can zoom in to make articles easier to read or have the iPad read them to you aloud. Enjoy full-color photo galleries and embedded video content and access the Gazette's archives back to 2002. For only $29.99 a month, it's a great deal. Call 870-648-1209. That's 870-648-1209 to subscribe to the Texarkana Gazette today. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here to talk to us about such an important issue. First of all, I want to make sure everyone knows about the events you have coming up. There's one on the 9th, correct? September the 9th is the Candlelight Vigil, and it's going to be downtown at dark outside of Cross Ties. Okay. And um, everyone's invited, I assume. Everyone is invited. And those will be people, uh, loved ones who have survived. Yes, people. suicide survivors or people that struggle with suicide issues. So we're going to just light a candle and uh, remember those that we've lost and for those that are affected. Suicide affects all of us. Okay, great. And then the next one is on the 18th, correct? 18th is a fundraiser. It's going to be fun. It's something new that we're going to try. It's the inaugural poker run slash pub crawl. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to start that at Cross Ties. We're going to open our registration at 11 o'clock. And then you head out to all of your stops. Okay. Come back by four, 
and we'll see who has the best poker hand, and they will get a prize, and who will ever have the worst poker hand will get a prize. Then we're going to do a 50-50 raffle and a merchandise raffle. So we've got some things that are, you know, have been donated that's going to be pretty cool to auction off and raffle. So, and, and the funds raised go to what? American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and it will benefit our walk, the Texarkana Out of the Darkness Walk. And when will the walk be? The walk is on Sunday, November the 14th, out at Bobby Ferguson. And that's another fundraiser, correct? That is the actual walk itself, but right. also, you know, we do take donations that day of the walk as well. So the walk is mainly about raising awareness? And it's for raising awareness and funds for suicide prevention. Okay. And that's you, you have plans for that to go on this year despite COVID? A lot of stuff has been canceled. Yes. we Last year we didn't get to have one. We had to do virtual, and that just didn't really work out very well. So as of right now, we're still – full steam ahead to have an in-person live event. So it'll be outside. We can pretty much, you know, distance. Mm -hmm. So the plan is that we're going to go ahead with a live walk this year. Okay, great. And you've been doing this for a number of years, correct? This will be my third year as the walk chair. This will be the fifth walk at Texarkana. You come to this through some personal heartbreak. Are you, you comfortable telling us about your own story? I am. Sadly, I lost my daughter. She was 28. Her name was Ashley. Mm -hmm. Uh, November the 10th of 2015 Mm. to suicide. What was Ashley like? What do you want people to remember about her? Well, she was a feisty one. Mm -hmm. She had lots of friends. She (laughs) was fun. She she was really smart. Mm -hmm. She's a graduate of Liberty Hollow High School, went to Mm -hmm. um, University of Houston, and then was a second-year law student at Bowen in Little Rock when she died by suicide. So, bright future ahead. Bright future ahead. There's, um, I just didn't, we didn't see it coming. It was a shock. You, you didn't it was, realize something was wrong beforehand. She had, um, she had actually been in an accidental shooting. She had accidentally shot herself six uh-huh. months prior. Mm-hmm. And I think it just became too great. Mm-hmm. Too great. You know, they say when the uh, the pain to stay was greater than the pain it took to go. Right. Most people can only begin to imagine how devastating that must have been. What do survivor, surviving loved ones of people who die by suicide go through? How, and how did you cope with that? You know, um, it's just a complicated grief. Mm-hmm. It's very different, I think. Um, It's different than, you know, of course, when I lost my parents, you know, because they were older, um, you know, and I've lost friends in car accidents, you know, but it was a child. You know, she was my girl. Mm -hmm. She was 28, but she was still my my girl, you know. Um, You go through the anger of what were you thinking? What did you do? Why did you do this? Right. You know, and then I, I think I went through the shock stage mostly for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, my son, he's uh, five years older than her. He had the anger issue mostly. He was mad at her. Yeah. I never really got really mad at her. She always did what she wanted to do. Yeah. All of her life. So I 
can understand she just did what she wanted to do because she felt like she had no other choice at the time. Yeah. I assume you've heard similar stories from other people yes. by now. Yes. I attend a, uh, we have a meeting once a month. It's called the Left Behind Group. Mm-hmm. It's for those of us that are left behind by suicide. You know, um, we're a small group, I think, maybe because people don't know that we're there. Well, hopefully we, we can get the word out. We do that, and that is uh, facilitated by Myra Loving. Mm-hmm. We do it on the second Monday now of the month. So, you know, there's a lot of us that are affected by suicide. You know, suicide has taken parents, it's taken our sons and daughters, husbands and wives, coworkers. Yeah. You know, a friend of a friend, and uh, young people. It's taken our young people. Was there a moment when you decided to turn it around and start trying to help others? How did that start? How did How that did... happen? I think I found out about the very first walk in Texarkana like on Thursday before it was going to be held on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I just went to check it out. Yeah. I thought, well, this could be helpful. Mm-hmm. So then I attended another one, a bigger walk in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. And came back and decided, you know, we need to we need to get this out there. People need to know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have random conversations sometimes. I had on a uh, walk to fight suicide shirt just a week ago. Mm-hmm. Total random in a store. The girl at the cashier said, "Oh, I lost my sister. I didn't oh. know there was a walk." It's like you need to know. Yeah. You know, that's happened like three times, just random. Is this the sort of thing that people are reluctant to talk about? Is there a stigma or shame around it? There seems to be, and that is one of our main focuses, to remove that stigma. That's why our group is called Out of the Darkness. Bring Mm -hmm. it out and talk about it. You know, nobody should be ashamed. Mm -hmm. You're not ashamed if you lost your child in a car wreck. Right. Or you lost them to a deadly illness. Mm Mm-hmm. Why should you be ashamed? Say their name. You know, they um, they say that a parent protects their child, and a grieving parent protects their child's memory. Right. And that is so true. Mm-hmm. You have to. You have to say their name. Don't forget them. What they did was not against the law. Stop right. saying committed suicide. That's one question I wanted to ask you is, there language around this that bothers you, the way people talk about it and write about it that they may not know is hurtful? It, it's just, it's been done that way for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have to change that. Right. You know, we say died by suicide. Because mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. That's what it says on the death certificate. It doesn't say committed Right. You know, you commit murder, you commit kidnapping, you commit crimes. It's not a crime. Right. It's an act of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. What are some other misconceptions that people have about suicide and um, people who die by suicide? Well, I don't know. I'm not really sure about the religious side of it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I don't concentrate on that. Right. You know, um, you could argue that all day long with people. Right. So you just I just let people be what they're going to be and think what they're going to think. Mm-hmm. I know that I feel like 
my daughter received peace that she looked for. Mm-hmm. I've never doubted that at all, that she finally found peace because she didn't have it here. Right. And she was searching for that. So, you know, at the end of the day, we have to be okay with what they chose because mm-hmm. we can't undo it. Yeah. That's the bad part. You can't go back. You know, um, some people leave a note. My daughter did not. Right. I talked with her on the phone that night at 8 o'clock. She was fine. Going out to eat. Wow. 10.30, texted with her. Just got home, getting ready for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. 12.30, my phone rang. Oh, my goodness. And she was in Little Rock. So I had to drive all the way to Little Rock in the middle of the night, not knowing. But I knew. Yeah. I knew, but... You could just sense that there was something. I did, and uh, you know, the police can't tell you that on the phone, right? But they didn't have to. I knew, so it was um, it was a long night. It was a long few days. I can imagine. Well, I can't imagine, but that's perfectly natural. It seems to me that it must have been just horrible. It was horrible. You know, Ashley had a lot of friends. People liked her, and she liked everybody. She didn't care who you were, where you came from, what you had. Mm-hmm. She liked everybody. She um, always said she chose, brought home the stray people, like people bring home stray cats, right. you know. But um, she wanted to help everybody. What's the most important thing for people to know about suicide prevention? What what's What would you really like people to know about how – to avoid this kind of pain in their own lives. Talk about it. Yeah. Talk. You know, if you suspect that somebody is having dark feelings and they feel like they're going to do something bad, talk to them about it. It's okay to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's not probably what you want to hear. Right. But you don't want to hear from the police that your loved one is gone. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hear that. You know, talk to them. We have to talk about it. Talk saves lives. There is a class that AFSP training team does, and um, we'd like to get that into our high schools and junior highs around here. Mm-hmm. That would be great. You know, young children and teenagers, that's a perilous journey. Yeah, absolutely. They need to know about this. We've lost lots of young people for suicide. And um, talk saves lives. You know, the title says it all. Mm -hmm. What other sort of work does that group do? Well, right now they're they're lobbying to try to get a three-digit phone number like 911 or Mm -hmm. something like that to call. Right now you have to call um, the national hotline number. Also, you can text 741-741 and talk to somebody. So that's working out better for the young people, you know. But sort of a a one-stop number that anyone could call. Yes. And easy to remember. We think that's going to be, you know, relatively soon to happen within the next year or so. So we're hoping for that. You know, they have these walks all over the country. Um, Texarkana, we're in the Arkansas chapter. Mm-hmm. So um, 
that's pretty, we're doing really well. You know, the walks in Arkansas to be such a small state, we've done really well with them. About how many people come to the at, walks here in Tucker? 2019, we had around 400 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had a lot of people, so we were really excited about that. So we're hoping that we can, you know, keep that momentum going. Great. Let's talk about veterans a little bit. Okay. Uh, a lot of people have heard about a crisis of suicide among veterans. I've heard various numbers over recent years. It's a real problem, isn't it? It's a real problem. And the average is 22 a day. Wow. 22. You know, there are several veteran issues around suicide. Mission 22, again, the 22. Mm-hmm. Um, our local community has a foundation called the Warfighter Community Foundation mm-hmm. that helps our veterans that are in need. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Matherly is a former um, that he is a veteran, and he helps run that. He run, That's his foundation. Mm-hmm. It's lots of support out there for veterans. So, you know, I'm an Air Force veteran myself. Um, it, it's just, uh, you know, people need to respect our veterans and check on our buddies. Jeremy calls it check on your battle buddies. Right. Vet, veterans Administration, I assume, is focusing on this issue too. Yes, yes. I just saw recently in the paper where there was a motorcycle VFW ride or something like that that was also focused on uh, suicide. What are some other um, local resources that people could call upon? You mentioned your support group and uh, this veterans group. Well, um, I think just any of the the local self-help groups, look in the paper, those are the two that I'm mainly familiar with myself. Mm-hmm. It's our, our Left Behind group and the the Warfighter Foundation. But there's help out there for people. There is help out there. Reach out. Is there a website or something where people can go to to learn more about your events coming up? Sure. We have a Facebook page. It's called Texarkana Out of the Darkness Community Walk. Okay. So we're on Facebook, and we also have a walk page that is afsp.org backslash Texarkana. And that will take you to our page, and you can become a walker. We really need sponsors mm-hmm. for our group. We need to get sponsors so we can raise the money to help us be able to have this event every year. Right. Um. I'll be sure and put those links in the notes on this episode so people can find you. What have I left out? What is it you wish people would ask you that nobody ever does? How can I help? How can I help? (laughs) Show up to our events. Mm -hmm. We need volunteers for these events. They just don't happen by themselves. Right. You know, we have to have boots on the ground. Yeah. You know, we need to put flyers out. We need to share that website. We need to talk to these companies and say, help us. Mm-hmm. Help us. Get out. Any little bit helps. Right. Form a team. You know, if you lost a t- uh, loved one, make a team of their friends and their family. You know, everybody give $5. Help us. It's not all about the money. Right. It's not about the money. It's about awareness and prevention. But you have to have to have the money in order for us to have the walk, you know. And we've done really well. Mm-hmm. We've done well, and we appreciate everybody that's helped us. 
Well, I hope it's as successful this year as it has been in the past. I'm going to help you get the word out about these two events coming up in September. So we'll see if we can get you some support out there. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being here and, and sharing your story. I'm sure it wasn't easy. Thanks, Coral. Thanks for having us. On the Line is a Texarkana Gazette podcast recorded in Star Bear Studio, right here in downtown Texarkana, USA. The show was written, produced, and edited by Carl Richter. News stories are based on Gazette staff reports. Texarkana Gazette podcasts are made possible in part by a grant from the Google News Initiative Journalism Emergency Relief Fund. I'll see you next week on the line.